This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 718 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Simple solutions, scientifically proven. Hi, Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the Driving Radio Show episode number 71. Glenn the Geek and Dr. Wendy Ying welcome Jeff Morse, who provides a rather in-depth look at bits. But first, let's hear from today's sponsor. Hi, Glenn the Geek here from the Horse Radio Network, and I'm here with Karen from Kentucky Performance Products. We're going to talk about omega fatty acids and equine nutrition. Called Contribute, that is a fish, it's a combination of fish oil and flax oil, and it provides a complete complement of omega-3s. It has an 8 to 1 ratio of omega-3s to omega-6s, and it contains the plant and marine sources of omega-3s. Now, there's been in the past, there's been some palatability issues with fish oil. I don't know if you've ever smelled some of the fish oils that are... Mm -hmm. Lots of horses will run to the back of their stall and just stand there going, (laughs) Oh my God, Mom, what did you put in my feed? (laughs) Some of the human pills are like that, too. (laughs) Yeah, you can really take... So we did a lot of research with our product, and we got a fish oil that, um, uh, just on its own, smelled pretty good, and then we've added some flavor, some cherry flavor to it that has made it very palatable. So we have very few horses turning it down. And like anything, you have to introduce it slowly and should introduce it slowly anyway to the horse. But we have very few horses that will turn it down. Well, that's uh, that, that's terrific. It's good to learn. I never knew about the ratio between the threes and the sixes. And, of course, you can find out more information on Kentucky Performance Products' new website. It has a terrific, a terrific article on this, and we'll link to that in our show notes as well as on our Facebook page. And Or you could just go to kppusa.com to find out more about omega fatty acids and the Contribute product. Just look under Products. There are two basic families of bits, the snaffle bits and the leverage bits, and I'll show you examples of those. Uh, There's lots of different mouthpieces. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different mouthpieces. Uh, There's dozens of different cheek pieces. There's hundreds of different kinds of materials that bits are being made of. Uh, And then we're going to talk a little bit about how to fit them. Uh, The bit is the gateway to the equine brain. Without an effective tool to communicate your instructions to your horse, your performance will suffer. Without the skill to effectively speak through your reins to your horse, your performance will also suffer, and perhaps your life or your neighbor's lives will be at risk. Horses are not born with a bit in their mouth, and they are not born understanding what a bit is for. They must be trained to understand the language of the bit, and it cannot be done all at once. The refinement of the language of the bit is perhaps infinite. Understanding by your horse of the subtleties of bit instruction or the bit language can take, can and will take years. 
While training a horse to be, uh, should be fun and a rewarding process, you must be willing to take the education process seriously enough to be fair to your horse. He did not ask you to train him. He did not ask you to put a bit in his mouth. Heike Bean, in her very valuable book, Carriage Driving, A Logical Approach Through Dressage Training, put it this way. What does, it, what does it feel like to be this animal of flight who must submit to being strapped in a carriage, controlled through a piece of metal in his mouth, doing things and going places he would never dream of going on his own? Bits are not magic. They do not come with an automatic education. A $200 bit will not suddenly and magically deliver perfect tens on a dressage test. Your horse must be capable of appreciating what you put in his mouth and be capable of understanding the communication he receives through it. That takes skill on the part of the driver, and it is best learned with the help of someone who is experienced at teaching such things. It is very difficult to accurately put into words the feeling and timing of rain work. There are several books that explain bit theory and concept, but there is no substitute for the live action and a good teacher. A snaffle bit is a non-leverage bit. Non-leverage bit. Um, it consists of a mouthpiece with a ring on either side of some sort, uh, with a snaffle, an ounce of pressure applied to the reins, uh, applied by the reins uh, to the snaffle mouthpiece. Will apply one ounce of pressure on the mouth. It's direct pressure. The amount you take on the rein is what the horse feels in his mouth. A snaffle is not categorized by whether the mouthpiece does or do not, does not have joints in it. Uh, that seems to be a big misconception. We see it happen all the time. Bits are called uh, snaffles because the mouthpiece has a joint in the middle of it. A bit is a snaffle because it creates direct pressure leverage on the mouth. A single or double jointed mouthpiece though the most common designs for snaffle bits did not make it a snaffle bit. A mullen mouth, or a solid, slightly curved bar, that's what a mullen mouth is, or a bar bit, uh, can also be part of a snaffle. So it doesn't necessarily have to have a joint to be a snaffle. It can also be part of a leverage bit. We'll show you some examples of that. A snaffle is sometimes mistakenly thought of as a mild, uh, of, as any mild bit. While direct pressure without leverage is milder than pressure with leverage, nonetheless, certain types of snaffle bits can be extremely harsh when manufactured with wire or twisted metal or other sharp elements to it. A thin or rough surface snaffle used harshly can damage a horse's mouth. Likewise, a big fat snaffle is not necessarily more comfortable in a horse. You can cause a lot of damage with a big fat snaffle if, if it's not right for that horse. And the leverage bit, the rain action, amplifies the pressure in the mouth by the leverage advantage. The leverage advantage places pressure on several places on the horse's head, the pole via the crown piece of the bridle, the chin groove via the curb, curb chain or curb strap, and the bars and tongue via the mouthpiece. The primary principle in selecting a bit is first, use the bit that works. Then worry about what it looks like or whether it's proper. I'm often asked about having to use a, a riding bit for riding and a driving bit for driving. Use the bit that works. If he rides well in a certain bit, start there. Perhaps you can use a more traditional style driving bit 
uh, with the right mouthpiece in action once you get further along. But start with the bit that he goes, you know, you already know he goes well with. So just because it's a riding bit does not necessarily mean it can't be used for driving. Uh, we'll talk about bitless bridles here in a minute. Well, a bridle with a bit is required for each horse in ADS competition, so you cannot use a bitless bridle. Uh, people have used them. I've used them. I've not been satisfied with it, not been real happy with it. Here you see a combined driving horse. This is a standard bred bridle. This particular horse had some mouth damage here, and that would probably be the only appropriate use for a bitless bridle, in my opinion, is a horse that had uh, bit da uh, mouth damage from a bit or some confirmation in his mouth that prevented him from uh, using a bit well. Um, here's some examples of snaffle bits. Uh, there's all kinds. There's, this is just a small, small sampling of the ones that are out there. Um, I'd like you to be a little careful with bits labeled as Dr. Bristol bits. They come in many, many variations, some of which are just not correct. And they're simply made that way because an Asian bit manufacturer's machinery can only make it a certain way. And regardless of what kind of bit you use, it should be manufactured well. By that, I mean it should be smoothly finished with no rough edges or places that could pinch the sensitive lips of your horse. They should also fit the interior of your horse's mouth well. Uh, with a few exceptions, the severity of any bit simply depends on the knowledge and hands of the person holding the reins. The subject of bit designs is, and function is deep and vast and can take an entire webinar of its own. So this is just a sample of uh, some of the snaff, more common snaffles that are out there. Um, I should point out here the way you measure a size of a bit is you measure from the inside of the bit rings. So this would be a 5-inch bit here. Uh, so that's how you do it, from inside cheek to inside cheek. Here's some examples of uh, leverage bits, all different kinds. This top one on the left here, I want to just draw your attention to. This is an abomination in my opinion. This bit will twist and turn and do very strange things in a horse's mouth. Uh, it is made this way because the bit manufacturer was already making this mouthpiece, so they said, well, what the heck, we can put it in there. We'll just put different cheeks on it, and now we have a different bit to, that we can sell. Almost, uh, I've almost never seen a bit like this work well in a horse's mouth. Uh, there's probably an exception out there. You put, there's probably somebody listening here who has a horse goes great in there. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's not likely. I'd also draw your attention to this uh, bar bit here. And one of the uh, problems I have with bar bits is um, I rarely see them work well. And the reason for that is uh, there is a, a when that bit is in the horse's mouth, there is always pressure on that horse's tongue. If you if you put a bar bit in the horse's mouth, you peel back the lips and take a look in there, you will see that there is constant pressure on that horse's tongue. There is no way they can avoid it. There's no way to get away from it. There's no way to adjust that bit so that doesn't happen. And certain horses tolerate it, and they go pretty well uh, with it, but uh, I dare say they'll be more comfortable in something like this, the uh, glory Liverpool and butterfly bits here. The primary uh, design concern here is this bit is, marched, is arched upwards and forwards and gives a lot of room for the tongue underneath that bar. It's a very comfortable bit when the brain is not activated. Uh, it has a, what I call a big reward zone. So when I release pressure on that rein, that bit goes to a very comfortable position in that horse's mouth. 
I will say if you use this bit, um, when you first put it on a horse, you may find that the horse flips his tongue over that bit fairly readily. The reason for that is uh, they find they have this newfound freedom of the tongue. There's no pressure on their tongue anymore, so they act to move their tongue a little bit more and experiment, and they accidentally flip their tongue over the bit. They're not flipping the tongue over the bit because they don't like it. There's just more freedom than they're used to. Uh, so if you use this bit and you see that happen, give it a week or 10 days before you decide that it's not going to work. Uh, leverage bits should be adjusted so that when that rein is activated, the cheeks are at about 45 degree angle to the uh, cheek piece that hangs the, the bit. This is maybe a length too short. Uh, but uh, it's pretty close. If you have it too loose, this bit will swing back too far here. Uh, that's not a good thing when you start to have uh, ports in your bit because that port's going to rise up against the palate on the underside of the uh, inside the horse's mouth. Um, if it's too tight, the horse never has a chance to experience what this bit really is all about. It instantly grabs them. Uh, I will say one thing in my experience. Uh, these leverage bits, bits with a curb chain, have a tendency to grab onto a horse's face and not let go. When you release the rein on a Liverpool bit, that bit doesn't release quite the same way as it does uh, with uh, uh, a snaffle bit. We'll talk a little bit about mouthpieces here. Uh, you basically have two different kinds of mouthpieces. You have the single bar, one-piece mouth, and you have the multi-piece mouth. Multi-piece can be anywhere from two to 25 pieces. I've even seen pieces of chain used as a mouthpiece. Uh, but those are the two basic families, single bars. And in the single bar family, you have mullen arch, uh, the glory mouth we've already talked about, straight bar we've talked about. Um, I'll show you some examples of all of these. Uh, you saw some of these multiple-piece mouths in the uh, slide with the snaffles on there. Here are some of the mouthpieces you'll see. Uh, there's just an, almost an unlimited variation of how these things are put together. I'll draw your attention to this bit here on the bottom. This came from a manufacturer's catalog, and it was labeled as a snaffle. And this is an example of what I was talking about. The reason they call it a snaffle is because it has this joint in the middle of it. Uh, and they mistakenly call that a snaffle. I don't generally think these Liverpool bits with a joint in them work very well. They start to twist and do funny things in a horse's mouth. Uh, I'll just point out the difference here between an arch mouth and a mullen mouth arch mouth. Uh, this uh, is arched upwards uh, perpendicular to the, uh, or parallel to the uh, uh, cheeks on the, on the bit. This is a mullen mouth. It's arched forwards um, perpendicular to the cheek pieces. So this is parallel. This is perpendicular. The glory bit is halfway in between. It's arched upwards and forwards. Here are some of the uh, various cheek pieces you'll see out there. It's interesting to note this is the first bit that, was, uh, that man ever used. Um, they actually found one of these couple of pieces of antler, a piece of cord. It's the earliest bit they've ever found. And what I found was intriguing about that is it looks very, very similar to this full cheek snaffle, which is still in use, you know, 
today, thousands of years later. Um, you don't see the full cheek used in carriage driving much. This top cheek has been taken off and you end up with a half cheek. The reason this top cheek is taken off here is because this has a tendency to get hooked on various leather straps, so they've taken it off. The function of this cheek is to prevent the bit from getting pulled through the horse's mouth. Uh, that's one of the dangers you run into with a loose ring snaffle if you have to. If you're in a runaway situation, you have to turn that horse in a circle, uh, you run the risk of actually pulling this bit through the horse's mouth. So that's why we have the, uh, the half cheek. That wouldn't happen with a D-ring, uh, less likely to happen with an egg butt. Here's just a couple of oddball things uh, just to show you the wide variation here. We've already talked about the butterfly cheek, appropriately named because it looks like a butterfly. Uh, these are not allowed in ADS competitions. The rule reads uh, uh, no twisted wire burr bits or gag bits are allowed. This is a bit burr on the side to use for helping you to turn the horse. That's not allowed. These are examples of gag bit. This is a gag bit here. The reins would go on here. And the function of a, the action of a gag bit is when you pull on the rein, it lifts the bit up higher in the horse's mouth. Uh, these wire bits are not allowed. Here's one that's really not allowed. This is a uh, double twisted wire gag bit. If you can't stop them with that, you're in trouble. <coughs> Excuse me. Bit materials, there's an infinite variety of bit materials. They now actually come in pastel colors and uh, all kinds of flavors. Um, I'm not sure your horse really cares whether its bit is pink or purple or blue. Um, they come in lots of different metals and there's uh, you know, various theories and, and technical issues on why these particular combinations of metals work and don't work. Um, I, we don't have time to go into all of them now, just give you an example of how many there are. I do draw your attention to this latex. This is uh, the latex bandage. Its original use was to wrap uh, racehorse legs on a wet track. It doesn't absorb water. It's a latex rubber bandage that sticks to itself. So you can cut little strips of it and wrap it around uh, your bits to, to uh, give them a little more cushion. They work really well for a lot of young horses. They work well when you, it works well when you first put a bit in a horse's mouth. It encourages them to chew and, and get a nice uh, wet mouth. Um, so I use it fairly regularly in, the, in my training stable. Uh, thickness of your bit is not always uh, an indication of how mild or severe it is. It really depends on uh, on your horse and how much room it has in the in the mouth. Uh, somebody pointed out to me the other day that if when you close your mouth, how much room do you have in it that isn't taken up by your tongue? And you have the same situation with the horse. When the horse closes his mouth, that cavity is filled up by his tongue. So big mouth, small mouth, and it's really immaterial. Uh, although you can't put a big fat bit in a small mouth. Um, your bit should fit uh, about a half inch wider than the corners of the mouth, roughly. Uh, a little more, a little less. It's going to depend a little bit on the horse. Half inch for a pony may be too much. Half inch for a draft horse may not be quite uh, enough. But the cheek should fit away from the horse's mouth. It shouldn't be pinching and, uh, and squashing the lips of the horse. Uh, this, what's wrong with this picture? I'll tell you what's wrong with this picture. This bit's upside down. 
fortunately, this particular bit works well upside down or right side up. doesn't really matter too much, so they were able to get away with it, but I thought it was fun. This came from a sleigh rally. Uh, happened to see it, so I took a picture. Uh, so, when it comes to selection uh, of the bit you want to use for your horse, keep it simple. Use what works. Uh, when you change bits in a horse's mouth, give it time to work. I usually uh, like to allow a week to 10 days before I've really decided whether a bit is going to work or not work. You have to remember that uh, uh, every bit feels a little bit like every other bit that a horse has in its mouth. And if a horse has been traumatized or had fear or pain from a bit in his mouth, uh, no matter what bit you put in there afterwards, he's always going to be a little fearful that uh, that pain and discomfort is going to return unless he's really convinced over time that that's not going to happen. So you've got to give it some time. Uh, sometimes you can tell right away a bit's not going to work. Uh, it's not an exact science. I'm fortunate as a trainer. I've got 85 bits on the wall, and I can just reach over and grab one. As a single horse owner, that's a not so easy to do, and I fully appreciate that. So uh, maybe you can go to a trainer and borrow some bits from him, or, or you can go to your tax shop. Sometimes they'll let you take bits home and try them. Uh, but don't be afraid to experiment. Uh, don't. I'm constantly changing bits in my horse's mouth. Even horses I've had for 10 years, I still experiment and, and try things to see if I can get uh, them to go just a little bit better. It's an evolutionary process. The bit they start out in is very seldom the bit they end up in, even in the, under the best of circumstances. Well, there you go. If you just can't get enough of Wendy and Glenn and driving topics, you can listen to them every week on the Driving Radio Show. Just go to drivingradioshow.com. Don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they make these podcasts possible. Today's tip has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Ask for Kentucky Performance Products like Contribute at your local tack and feed store, or you can purchase them online at kppusa.com. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover on the show. You can subscribe to all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. You can also listen to the shows right on Facebook. The player's right there every day. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. 